Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall. You know, there are so many new podcasts nowadays, and I confess, I can't identify half of them, (laughs) and they call it progress. (laughs) We'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like which of the Blue Jays has the biggest bat and gross (laughs) mouth noises. Yeah! I'm Trevor Regard. And I'm joined by Kalina McCordoff in London, England. Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, Canada. Oh, I'd love to stay and fight, but the game's on. Okay, and Stu Derricotic in Vancouver, Canada. Let's see, Hans had three takes in 17 minutes. That's 100 points. <laughs> yes. oh, well, uh, done. well done, well done. Okay, uh, so we'll be reviewing episode six of season four, which aired in November 10th, 1993. Let's kick things off with our sketch rundown. We've got Radio Fight. Kevin and Mark's New Yorker characters return and are driving together. One is singing and it annoys the I'm other. I'm pretty one. sure they must have eggs in those cups. Uh, <laughs> just a hot batch of uh, nog. <laughs> big bats. Uh, Kathy ha- has become a fan of uh, the happy, chirpy Blue Jays team and their big, big bats. bats. <laughs> uh, I should say Bruce's Kathy. Yeah, no Kathy with a C. I think is that the first time we've seen a single Kathy. Uh, no, no, no. no. We've had Bruce we've had her we, Mississippi yeah. Gary interlude. Oh, th- but yeah, but that was that was with for those Gary. those that were confused when I just said Kathy, it was the Bruce Kathy. Kathy with a K. Um, Kathy with a K. Kathy with a K. Yeah. Uh, apartment games one, two, and three. Uh, so Bruce and Mark are a couple of simpletons, I guess, uh, <laughs> losers. I don't know. And they're they're doing some competitions in their apartment. Uh, in one, they're tossing beer bottles into the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one, they're bouncing rubber balls in the bathtub. And the last one, they they blow up their apartment, uh, doing something with a vacuum cleaner. I'm assuming it somehow involved the mac and cheese that they won, <laughs> battening up their tapeworms. <laughs> It seems to be maybe the same guys that do like the the street singing, the yeah. Odie Oten, Oten Day guys. Uh, although it's not clear that they're necessarily the same guys. Oh, Bruce, let's Bruce, not be yeah. rash. <laughs> <laughs> then, then we have door to door axe sharpener. Uh, Dave's polite axe murderer character uh, returns, and he needs his blade sharpened by uh, like this Eastern European. Uh, street traveling axe sharpening guy uh, in the middle of a murderer and he makes very awkward small talk with the uh, sharpening guy who clearly is very put upon having to interact with this 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 LaRue, he seems mostly upset that he has to clean the blood off the axe before he can even sharpen it which just seems beneath him you know yeah okay wait 
in the credits dave is credited as directing that particularly and i'm not sure if we've seen other similar um ego direction credits yeah. in the past dave needed so everyone like, to okay. know it is a criticism of capitalism <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right there, Stu. <laughs> we will talk about that in a minute. Okay. Uh, and then we have progress in food. Fran learns about salsa, peanut sauce, and meals in a pill. Um, and she complains about how how things were simpler and better in a time when all we had was uh, salt, pepper, and paprika. And uh, <laughs> it was all ruined when we brought in marbled mm. cheese. Yeah. Garlic is too uh, ethnic. Yes. Yeah, garlic. Garlic was Arabian Nights. Uh, uh, then we have forced date, in which two people are forcibly kind of paired off by a, a large group of of couples, and uh, everyone starts acting like they're in a relationship. And Kevin gives advice in a Kermit voice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Kevin the Frog. And and. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just gotta work things through. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on with that voice. It was amusing but weird. Finally, there was Maria, in which Kevin keeps on having sexual daydreams about having an affair with his maid, and then he accidentally asks her to marry him, and then he has a three-way with her and her husband after her husband walks in on them embracing and threatens mm-hmm. to kill him. Classic. I mean, you know what? You um, get it. Who hasn't been there? I <laughs> get it. Get it, girl. Uh, get it. Get it. So uh, for my first segment, I wanted to talk about the sad, desperate, domestic uh, drama of Fran. Mm. Um, because there was something very sad but extremely familiar to me about the food progress sketch. Uh, and I guess in, like an expanded explanation of what goes on is like it starts off with a friend coming over and asking to like, borrow some salsa and she shoes her away being like no habla espanol <laughs> yeah, yeah. and <laughs> then like her her husband gordon the salty ham dad is like asking for like a uh, spicy peanut sauce to be used on his burger that evening because he wants you know like to mix it up he's tired of mustard and she like completely blows him off she's like you mean peanut butter <laughs> he's like no uh, i don't have time to fight the game son yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and she kind of like has a monologue where she complains about like being pressured to uh, cook tofu in P- President's Choice brand Thai sauce. I love the show uh, President's yeah. Choice. <laughs> I forgot America. about yes. President's Choice. Mm-hmm. There's a Canadian brand called President's Choice that we sell out of Superstore mm-hmm. that is renowned for yeah. being quite cheap but quite good. It's like our Trader Joe's, I guess. Um, yeah, but it's not really as good as no. Trader Joe's, but it's it, it's like it's a similar pretty decent for generic brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and uh, like ultimately, it's one of those things where like they'll bring in a lot of like supposedly exotic foods, but it's like the most watered down and basic version of those quote unquote ethnic foods that you could possibly kind of see or eat. And the fact that she's like very threatened by those is I, I don't without without it offending any particular family members very yes, familiar yes. to me. Mm-hmm. But I, <laughs> I I wanted to ask if if you also had 
had experience with uh, people in your lives who during during the 90s were somewhat offended and, and maybe started getting vaguely racist about the encroachment of like, quote unquote, exotic foods in their own life <laughs> and, and perhaps your own interest in in, in not having chicken a la king. Uh, and um, also like what would our, our version of like exotic mango seltzer water I be? I have to jump on that because I have several. Yeah, yeah. Mango seltzer water right now is if you're a fancy bitch, LaCroix, and if you're a regular Canadian person, <laughs> yeah. Bublé, which is shilled oh, by Michael Bublé. And if you're an alcoholic yeah. like us, it's going to be the White Claws or nudes or whatever, mm. which somebody famously <laughs> described as uh, a beverage that someone whispered the name of a fruit to. Yes. Or it tastes like TV yeah. static with someone yelling the name of a fruit in the other room. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's part of me that really wishes that this segment came up at the beginning of the whole series given our whole condiments discussion this would have true been fact true fact uh, right. oh yeah maybe maybe the new things are going to be the mayo chups and the like the the mayo and ketchup oh, and the like the condiment the can yeah. the condiment mash, mashups that uh, are are so you know uh, uh, like of the moment uh, just I, put them I, together i yeah. shake my head every time i walk past a bottle of sriracha mayo i'm like just do it yourself <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah. cowards i will defend the purchase of uh japanese mayonnaise though oh it's different dude it's creepy different. mayo rips and it has the creepiest logo Oh yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. But but to talk about like older people that that are that are this Fran, like my I, I preface this as you did, uh, Trevor, not meaning to speak ill of anybody. I love my stepmother very very much, but she uh, <laughs> she is extremely the Fran in this sketch. In that like I remember, <laughs> like she is she mm -hmm. is the product of of two Scottish people, um, and I, I don't think she had experienced a great deal of like flavor and and spices in her life. Uh, prior to like joining my family and she definitely tried to like expand her cooking horizons as I was like growing up and stuff like that but they would get these like cookbooks that are like uh, you know 20 meals in 20 minutes and so there would be a lot of like ah mm. this is chicken with oranges and <laughs> like yeah. you know like that kind of stuff <laughs> we had so many dinners that were like here are steamed vegetables and plain rice and and uh yeah. and chicken with like some passing semblance of a sauce and that like <laughs> that was I it. feel like there was an entire generation of people where they grew up with like the joy of cooking if you wanted to get quote unquote fancy otherwise it was going to be like chicken a la king or just steaks or, or just helper, potato man. hamburger and helper and oh, or tuna yeah. help or tuna helper yeah oh, yes no. I've, I've gotten weird with some tuna helper oh yeah for sure. quick Quick aside, Hans, like it's it's so amazing when I get them a moment to think about Scottish food because we have a Scottish friend who took us up to her very, very small town and took us to a place where they will deep fry anything you bring them. Oh, <laughs> anything. Yeah. anything. And we had Will we had you deep, deep fry my hand. We had deep fried um uh haggis bites and sure. i was about to vomit it was real serious okay it was real yeah serious. yeah yeah which is good because i was worried that haggis didn't have enough things in it already <laughs> yeah. you must like encroach it in a big mushy crust 
and then eat a deep fried Mars bar. But anyway, continue. Oh, yeah. Well, but so I, I like I, I'm sympathetic to this Fran character because I see my I see my delightful, lovely stepmother in in Fran. I love I love my stepmother, and I love this Fran person. <laughs> it, it, it is hard when you've grown up with only three taste buds to like suddenly be asked to like experience a whole well, world of food. You know. I think you kind of nailed it too. That it's not necessarily that it's just that they're gustatorially challenged in the mm. past but it's also the entry to them to be like okay well we'll try something exotic and it was just like a really shitty inauthentic version of the thing mm. right like it would be a jarred sauce or you know one bird's eye chili and they're like oh i don't care for thai food all of it because of this 20 minute <laughs> recipe i put yeah, together yeah. like a lot of yeah <laughs> a lot of those kind of more quote unquote foreign experiences are going to take a breadth of knowledge that you don't have like ramen has to cook all day to get the bones to broth correct yeah, you know yeah. you can't just sort of rush that and i feel like yeah. like maybe being exposed and wanting to try it but only having access to limited resources would make it pretty well and in a, and growing up in a small town too like fran fran feels to me like a small town lady you know mm. it doesn't feel like a big oh, yeah. cosmopolitan I, toronto I assumed, in we know, i assume that gordon and fran live in the suburbs of toronto <laughs> no, I, 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 when uh, when bobby runs away he, he yeah. goes to yeah. Toronto. Those people live in Mississauga. Yeah. That, that's they why his parents, totally live in Mississauga. But what I'm getting at is like you if you don't like I like if you don't live in a in a place uh like a big city. And this is, you know, also 1993, which was like the advent of the fusion cuisine and all that kind of jazz, right? Mm. But if you if you mm-hmm. didn't live in a big city where there was like all these restaurants opening and you you know you're encouraged to go check them out, like you the first version of that you would try would be whatever version of that restaurant made its way out to either your burb or your small town or whatever, which is never going to be the best version of that food or as Stu points out, you're going to be trying it yourself using like president's choice ingredients and and you're not going to know what the fuck you're doing because you've never actually had the food before you're just like oh i keep mm-hmm. reading about this in like life and style magazine and uh <laughs> and then like and then it, you try it yourself mm-hmm. and it turns out kind of garbagey because you don't know what you're doing and you're using bad ingredients and then you go oh i don't i don't like you know vietnamese food or whatever mm-hmm. and all of a sudden chips are being sold in a tube <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i i think hans though like the other side of it was like even if you were getting like a reasonably decent version of it like i think there was like kind of a perception from some of the old guard that like when there was a for instance at least in vancouver a sudden early 90s preponderance of sushi mm-hmm. restaurants which like honestly like by our standards as as grown-ups today is actually kind of normal bland food like mm-hmm. there was this idea that's like this is very exotic dangerous <laughs> yes. food oh, yeah. and i'll try it once but that will be mm-hmm. it Raw and then suddenly fish. my teenage Ooh. yeah <laughs> suddenly my teenage son is like interested in returning it's like this offends my sensibilities <laughs> <Yes>. actually <laughs> what's what's wrong with pork chops at home or going yeah. out to earl you could always get tonkatsu i suppose you know but um... oh Dude, now I just want Tonkatsu. That's still exotic <laughs> seeming to me. But the other, th- the other thing about this is that it's like, it very much is that Canadian, the the, the British vestiges in Canadian culture where like, mm. I, you know, mm. we are we are very much of the British in that I think the, the, the standard go-to Canadian food is extremely bland and stuff like that. So, I mean, not, not that American mm-hmm. food is 
you know all that much better. But I, I the but they the, had they had more of a of a split between well and and just Fran's yeah. Fran's resistance to anything that is flavorful or different is is it feels very much like uh, the the last vestiges of of the really British colonial mm-hmm. mindset in in Canadian culture. You know where it, peace it should, order good government don't have food. <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah. swear allegiance to the Queen and don't use a spice other than paprika. <laughs> What was it? It was like the British are people who sailed around the world to try all of the foods and decided they didn't like any of them. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, they did adopt certain foods like curry. Curry, curry is yeah. w- w- widely available yes. in England, I would say. Um, also, relish is their attempt at making uh, chutney with with field cucumbers. Oh, that's really good. I didn't know that. Yeah, no. It's a it's a three hundred year old British attempt at making chutney. Hell yeah. That is what relish is. Oh, yeah. What do you know? Um now Kalina though, I, I do we still have you, Kalina? Yeah, I'm here. Uh question for you. What was did you have a similar experience or was yours slightly different having grown up in a ethnic enclave well, th- th- of, of a Dukabor community. Th- I mean, okay, so so Dukabor food obviously doesn't really necessarily stray far from the kind of ingredients you would find in, like, small-town Canada, but, like, I mean, I'd never tried a mango until I was 17. Yeah, that's not a Wow. I don't think I had tried, like, pesto. Pesto was a huge thing for me, mm. so I'm like, what is this? <laughs> um, so I was, I was, I was, like, Fran light, <laughs> not so much in being scared or thinking that I, you know, tangerines were just for Christmas, but like, I definitely <laughs> had a whole a whole experience of my own trotting out of like the Russian cave, um, yeah. Russian peasant cave, Russian peasant cave, vegetarian <laughs> Russian peasant cave that and I then lived the in, which I still love. From your eyes. Was it? Was it terrifying to see meals presented to you without any side of, of uh, sour cream, for instance? I was clutching very tightly onto my cabbage rolls, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, uh, though, Eastern European food, at least for my family, was like very much a part of, of the, the food that we would eat oh, quite yeah. often, like pierogies and, and cabbage rolls, because like... At least for my family, they came from the prairies, and I think there were a lot of Ukrainians mm. and so forth living there. Yeah. So that was not necessarily really... Did you guys ever do drunken raisins on Ukrainian Christmas? Because that was a family friend's tradition where you like... No. Drunken raisins? Yeah, so you, Explain. You, uh, you, you don't drink in, or aren't you, so, you, you soak them in overproof brandy, and then you light it on fire, and you just eat <gasps> handfuls of it. Like, it was a lot what? of fun when you were a kid. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm that. excited to come over after COVID. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> do, does anyone have anything to add to this? Or, or do, do we all just generally agree that this this is an extremely understandable Fran, Fran oh, sketch? Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I moved to Vancouver is because it is an international bazaar and you can get oh, all kinds of my God. excellent okay. foods. Can I just say how much, as much as you'd think that, like, you're like, wow, London, what a metropolitan that really brings the world together. It's like the the, the food for the price range is unmatched in Vancouver. Like, mm. London Hell is yeah. not good if you are not a, a rich baby. Yeah. Although it's also funny that most of the times that you're nostalgic for Vancouver food, you just want the domestic pizza chain that we have here you keep yelling about uncle yeah. fatty's, <laughs> uncle yeah. fatty's. Yeah. fatty's. Oh, I, 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 you're trying to wax like... nostalgic about like oh and ramen mm. and thai food oh. but really i know you just want pizza 
I just want to order 10 potato pizzas to the delivery room. <laughs> or, or, you know. uh, so also just to follow up to our last sketch, I want to uh, just briefly have a moment to feel, I don't know, bad or something for <laughs> Bruce's horny, lonely Kathy with a K. And so let's let's just discuss that for a hot minute, yeah. too, with, with those... At the time, uh, world champion Blue Jays and their big bats. 92, 93. I was going to say, I think they were just about to be champions. They won back-to-back, 92 and 93. Oh, damn. Yeah. As a a non-sports person, I wrote in my notes, booster equals 90s influencer. (laughs) 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 So I just thought I'd share that and and, uh, embarrass myself on this podcast as usual. Cool, cool, nice. I, th- I think a booster is just a fan that's very pushy about yes. their fandom. You know, like someone that wears the jersey to the office. And when they go does. to watch the games, they say, go, Jays, go, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the other side of it is she's just kind of horny for some athletes, and I guess that's what this sketch is yeah. about. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's sad, but this isn't the, the depth of her sadness. We're seeing her as she's on her way out. She's a booster now. She has... Dreams. Dreams of big bats. Exactly. There's a lot of sad asides she makes where she's like, some girls have a lot of messages waiting for them on their answering machine, oh. some don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. The uh, the what, am, what would I eat game was... Oh, yeah, that was sad. Nothing too challenging, I guess. I wonder how Kathy would fall Bru- on the uh, ethnic food oh, yeah, she breakdown. Would be... Oh, I'm sure she would go to a Thai restaurant just to give it a try, mm-hmm. but privately admit that tuna salad is probably more her go-to. <laughs> yeah. Would if I could, I can but can't, so I won't. She'd eat, I won't. She, would, she would eat potato salad, but only on a cheat day. Yeah. Um, She's all about the oh, almond oh, bar. Oh, that's, that's so sad. <laughs> I, mean, I, have, I have two questions. One, uh, how great is her lace collar that goes over top oh, of her yeah. Blue Jays uh, sweater? That, that was one her, uh, delightful thing. Is it a dicky or is it a real shirt? Do you think? Uh, I'm not sure. It looked like it might have been a blouse that was underneath the, I would the so. uh, sweater. That then the collar, you know the what? collar extended it beyond. Probably, it probably gets cold in the office. She's layering. True. That's a good smart. point. Very smart. smart. Also, Matt. So first thing, mm-hmm. I just, well, I'll just say first. First question: How great is that? And then second question: What do you guys think? Like she's she is obviously obsessed with the Blue Jays. Um, but it got me thinking: Like, what is for if you're a single woman and you're going to get into a sport so you can ogle the men? What is the sexiest sport? Do you think you know? Basketball. Because because she seems ooh Aussie rules football. Oh, Aussie what? rules football. Yeah, that makes yeah, a lot of sense. That's true. Yeah. Yes, rugby. They got legs like fucking trees. Because trucks. she makes a whole point of being mm-hmm. like, and they're spitting, and they're, do- and I'm like, is that is that the thing that you really want to? Okay, all right, there, Kathy with a K. You know, but maybe I, it's just the the devil may care attitude. But I guess rugby is like the spicy man. food of sports at, in 1992 for Canadians. <laughs> so she's not too gonna, hot. yeah too too spicy. What we're all forgetting is Sherling. Oh, curling! Sherling, yeah, Sherling, Sherling, no, Sherling, Sherling. Oh, Sherling! Sherling. Oh, yeah, that too. Everybody Sherling. wants one of those good snake wranglers. <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. see some real like venom scars okay. before I get on. Ka- Kathy watches the Sherling because she has the hots for Kevin's ref. Is what it Ooh, is. the yeah. one last thing. <laughs> one last thing I really have to say in terms of uh, their drag is Kathy's makeup looks yes. fantastic. <laughs> It is really good. It is excellent. Yeah. Like I feel like they usually do the drag shots from so far away that you can't tell, but they did like a full face and it was 
flawless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I noticed too they don't get a lot of um, five o'clock shadow on any of them, and Bruce has a really th- dark beard. That's a good point. They do a good job of. Uh, I think there must be some makeup. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so let's move on to the mundane murderer and the put upon axe sharpener. I just wanted to quickly talk about how I really liked the the sharpener character. Somehow mm-hmm. Dave's polite murderer was outshone by him a little bit. Um, and I don't know how you guys felt about him, but I just like was like he really doesn't want to be talking to the murderer, and it's not because he's a murderer. It's just like he's like this guy, some uh, all right, some sort of office guy. Yeah, I had two thoughts about this. I was like, this is this is a criticism of capitalism. He comes out from his, like, shitty job and starts talking down Mm -hmm. to this guy that he requires. Um, No one really... So it was nobody also notices or draws attention to the axe murdering, even though there is very obviously blood on the, like, outside window and Kevin scratching at the door to get out. (laughs) Um, And I think one of the reasons that Dave gave himself uh, director's credit on this is there's a little bit of this, like... Like, the way the sounds come together, I think, Mm, suggests a sort of quilt-like society. So it's like, Dave is part of the society, even though he is, as an outsider, an axe murderer. But it's like, yeah, like, there's the raking, and the raking kind of goes in... To the dinging of the bell. ...with the dinging, and then there's another noise, and then there's just someone getting murdered. That's a really good point, Stewie. That's a really great point, yeah. Yeah. It is it is about the horror of capitalism. The horror of capitalism <laughs> yes. and how it's like we will tolerate horror as long as we can still have a lower class to profit off of. Oh yeah, no, and, and it's hundred percent like Dave is like he's just a lawyer or something yeah. that has gone into a dry cleaner and he's like deigned to try and make bad small talk with the guy working at the dry cleaner. And it's like Who's clearly not interested. It's like, look, Dave, you're doing no favors to this dry cleaner. The dry cleaner is not interested in your job at a law firm and you are are being kind of a dick oh he's doing that thing that we see in some um more modern literature where it's like longing for a simpler time without wanting to commit to it he's like oh you get to be outside Mm. i don't get to be outside i don't want to pay two dollars to have my murder weapon sharpened though that sounds excessive (laughs) and then he's like oh you don't have change you don't have three dollars change and he's like i guess i i I have had that grift pulled on me by many a cabbie and so forth mm-hmm. too. Where it's just like, oh, no change is like. Well, oh, you, sh- you shouldn't on, have buddy. ranted to him about how hard your life is for half an hour while covered in blood, Trevor. That's why he didn't have any sympathy. Yeah, for you. I guess that's that's what I that's get. What you the, get. The the yup. yuppies deserve getting grifted. But that's that's the the. Fact. It was the 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 patchwork nature of society came back to me when it pulls out at the end and it goes back to the scraping and the dinging and the other noise mm-hmm. kind of all being. Uh, in in harmony for this little ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. can I ask though? I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dave in that sketch. Though. I thought he was really funny. I like. I agree that the Eastern European guy just outshines him, but that's what those characters that Dave does is kind of for. There's nothing he says that is particularly amusing, other than yeah. being smiley and kind of. I will toast. say the one line that that Dave did have in there when he said, "Not a lot of woman dentists," and I don't know why that is. Well, I guess one less now. So one less. One less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had the light bulb went on for me when he said it. I'm like, ah, oh, I bet she's gonna make a gag about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Two two things. One, the the start of this sketch. Uh, I mean, you, you talk about the quilt stew. That was exactly right, I think. But then then all of a sudden, there's just like. 
blood splatter, blood splatter, and like horrible, horrible shrieks, which was like a very abrupt, mm-hmm. a very abrupt start to this sketch. Uh, and I don't know if it caught the rest of you off guard, but I was just like, holy shit! Like it, it, it was. Yeah. Uh, the blood was dark. It too. was. Like, yeah, it was off putting. It was off putting. Is the word I was going to use? Yeah. Oh, and when Kevin's pressed up against the glass, yes. and the uh, the drapes the fall on him, fall they down. hit him really hard, and I yes. thought that was hilarious. <laughs> He did a good, good physical comedy. It was a, it was a good Although you think it was sped up, probably. I, I think right? it was sped yeah. up a little bit, but it still hits him in the back of the neck. So I was like, you know yeah. what? Go yeah. for it. Good job. I bet you that Kevin actually got a little bit hurt doing that. Wouldn't shock me. I, I, I bet you he got a little bit hurt and then pretended like he wasn't, but pretended that he was being stoic. <laughs> like he was like, oh mm-hmm. no, I'm fine. But then it'd be like. When he was trying to look like people weren't watching, but he definitely wanted them to know that he was suffering mm-hmm. through. Yeah, that seems sense. like Kevin's take. Yeah. The other question I had about this sketch, though, was, um, like, did did this profession exist as it is described here at some point in the past? Like, the, the idea of someone just, like, walking down the street, dinging a bell, and everyone just knowing, like, ah, yes, the local, uh, uh, like, uh, knife sharpener is coming through the neighborhood, you know? I- I think I think it's an anachronism, but like if you were to go back to some point in the you know like 1800s, there were were a lot of jobs like this where someone was eking out a very meager existence, just kind of with a mobile sharpening station that he went around town. But I kind of liked that idea. Like it felt like a. It felt like the ice cream man, but like for sharpening your knives. And I just love the idea of like someone running out of their home being like, oh, hello, Mr. Knife Sharpener. Here's my knives. Like, uh, you know, the the knife sharpener ice cream truck would have the like how how nice would that be, though, if you were just like in your house, like, you know, just about to make dinner and you hear the dinging of the bell. You'd be like, oh, you know what? I should run out and get those. I should run out and get those knives sharpened, you know, but then you'd have to run down the street holding knives. And my mom told me to never do Mm, that. I still never do that. Well, adults can do it Stu. you just have to hold the knife you know you gotta keep the handle pointing outwards right Mm. okay (laughs) this is an extremely uh like tangential story but i kind of want to tell it and i'll probably cut it anyway but um quite a few years ago i went to japan uh with like a former roommate of mine who was japanese and i was staying at her parents place um a little bit uh in hiroshima so this was like in the suburbs of hiroshima and they have something that i'd never encountered before there and i didn't know what it was but it was like a truck with a red flash or kind of orangey red flashing light was going slowly through the streets Mm -hmm. with extremely scary sounds attached to it where it was like and then like the wood block sounds and like very very old um what's the name of that japanese string instrument uh a koto or yeah yeah so that and like like a one of their big drums but like slow kind of mournful funerary music oh jeez and uh, I was just kind of slowly trawling through the neighborhood and it happened twice in a row and it kind of was scary to me. So like um, I was at that house like alone at the time because other people were at work or doing an errand or whatever. And so like I kind of asked about it later and it's like, oh, after after like trying to explain it for long enough, they were like, oh, that's the hot yam truck. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 
<laughs> and they just will give you cooked yam and possibly a curse, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So is it like a treat? And it's like, eh. <laughs> it's just something you might have for dinner if if you want to buy the hot yam from the truck. Oh man, this is like Kalina's hot potato story. <laughs> <laughs> What was my hot potato story? I thought you were like, they'll just sell you a potato in London. It's dumb. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but no one dings let's a bell for get, you. Let's all get some spuds. Mm. It's yeah. so, you could get anything on them. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I just I just wasted a bunch of our time telling you about the time I was scared by a yam truck. <laughs> it's our show. We have as much time to talk about your irrational fears as you want. We have Hans on the show yeah. after all. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, irrational fears and long drawn out yes. stories, uh, I think Stu has an anecdote about the apartment games. Okay, so this is great because it reminds me of a story one of my former roommates told about a thing he did with one of his former roommates. I understand that conceit's a little con- little convoluted, but it was like my roommate told me about a time where he went to a hostel with his roommate at the time. And in the hostel, they had found one football helmet, a inflatable <laughs> kiddie pool, and a boxing glove. Mm. So what they did was took turns wearing, one person would wear the helmet and the other person would wear the boxing glove and they would just punch each other in the head for like oh. a period. Ooh. I think it was like a minute. And then they would switch mm-hmm. and just go back. And I was like, well, how did you win? They're like, oh, there is no winning in this game. We just hit each <laughs> other in this kiddie pool for like an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I can confirm these are dumb things that young men do. <laughs> Hans, did you say that you did a version of, oh, of apartment games I mean, yourself? I had my my very first house that I lived in um, after going to university. Uh, I had three roommates, and um, yeah, we invented a number of these kinds of games, and so it felt extremely familiar to me. The the one that I think is the most relevant to the sketches in the in this episode was once when we I think we we must have been drinking or something anyways um, we we found ourselves in the kitchen and the, we had a whole pile of grapefruits um, <laughs> that uh, someone had bought but that none of us had been eating and and then someone uh, noticed that we also had an extremely long knife and so <laughs> we took turns lobbing grapefruits at each other um, <laughs> while, and then and then trying to slice the grapefruits in midair like a sword. Oh, like Fruit Yeah, like Ninja. Fruit Ninja. But yeah. this was before Fruit Ninja. So we, we feel like it was ripped off from us. But um, it, it yeah. was mm-hmm. like we did this in our own home, in our own kitchen. And like the result of this is that there was fucking grapefruit juice <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> like, I mean, we had grapefruit juice stains on our ceiling that never that we oh, yeah. never got out because like none of us ever felt like climbing up a ladder to scrub the ceiling so we just caught like we just had our oh, it was fucking disgusting um you just made a house worse yes like we made i mean it was to be fair it was a fucking awful house in new westminster it was just it was a <laughs> real it, like a rat infested shithole it was really bad but um, yeah. but we made it worse we absolutely made it worse um the other thing game we played at one point was we when shortly after we first moved in, we had a bunch of moving boxes or like furniture boxes and stuff. 
and we kind of uh, disassembled them and then laid them flat down the one extremely narrow, extremely steep staircase we had in the house, and then took turns like luging down them and trying to score. Oh yeah, and trying to score style, like you know, indeterminate style points, and mostly, mostly <laughs> just injuring ourselves badly. Yes. Like I mean, it was like it was. <laughs> I have I have an almost identical memory to doing that at somebody's house party. Yeah, but like we were we were adults. This was an adult, a thing I did as an adult. I mean, a young adult, no, but an adult, I mean, if, if, if a baby 20s, adult. Yeah, you still have more cartilage. Like you're a lot more malleable. At that <laughs> yeah, time. exactly. It's not quite the yeah. same. If we did it now, there would be no survivors. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Oh God, a thirty-year-old me going down a set of stairs, I would just die. I would die. I would die. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I've done these things. This is extremely familiar to me. Uh, I see, I see myself in these, in these dumb, dumb boys. <laughs> I I I think like I, I don't I've done stuff like this not necessarily the f- fake sport aspect of it but it is one of those things that I I can understand and the fact that they are are the bad s- street singing simpletons makes me feel ashamed of my former self. <laughs> Just one <laughs> young drunk monk. Yes, yes yes yeah. Um, so before we go, uh, we usually will do a standout or worst sketch, depending on how good or bad the episode was, with a rating out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, Hans, do you want to start us off and let us know if there was anything that stood out to well, you? I mean, or anything that was particularly uh, bad? I think... Like it's in terms of like just a one-off sketch. I think I think Maria had a lot going on that I thought was interesting and good. Um, <laughs> it was very strange, but it was like good, you know. I, and I want to give a shout out because I feel like I've been really mean to Kevin lately. But this was like a very good Kevin sketch. I thought the weird lips close-ups and tongue close-ups oh, were extremely tongues. unsettling and but yeah. also like hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's just like, oh god, yeah. So, but but that being said, like as much as I love that sketch and I thought Kevin was very good in it, I have to give it to Apartment Games just because uh, as a as a combination, it just I, I felt at home with them and it felt it felt very familiar and I loved it. So Apartment Games one, two, and three get it for me. Oh yeah. okay. Right. What what does it get out of five? Oh, uh, I give it. Um, Let's go ninety points out of five for uh, <laughs> three three good sketches times uh, thirty uh, chuckles each. So you know that makes sense. <laughs> okay, Kalina. I am. I'm just kidding. Well, oh, that was the worst. It is not the worst one, but I I did like it. But no, progress progress in food. That gets my best. Pick. I mean, it's it's just it's a well-rounded sketch. You get to see Fran and Gordon again. You get to hear your grandmother or stepmother, as it were, for Hans speak uh, on television. <laughs> yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. it was extremely real. Remembering extremely how real. like it all started with marble cheese, and you ended up with Pringles in the tube. So I, I felt like we really <laughs> we really just got a full arc about Canadian food evolution in mm. one Kids in the Hall sketch. It was great. Um, so I will give it. Four, no, three and a half Miracle Whips out of five. Hmm. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> I think the... <laughs> That's the opposite of a horse uh, laugh. Uh, this is one of those episodes that was, like, pretty consistently good. So I don't have any standouts for excellence. They were just all, like, they're all pretty sensible chuckles. I hate the New Yorker characters. I just think no. they're yeah. so dumb. 
I know, so and I was. Why, why I was do you want to defend them? Kalina? I was particularly galled by how much Kalina liked them. I think she's just doing it to troll me. Like, there's no, no reason. As soon as they showed up on the screen, so we were watching together, and she cheered them. <laughs> yes. she oh no, those she, bad characters. She got the biggest response of it because she cheered, and then we yelled at her just because I. It made me so. And then she sang along with Mark's dumb character the whole time. I was so <laughs> mad. So I guess this was the most memorable, but I'm going to give it one uncooked egg out of five. Mm. Oh, oh, boy. Okay. We're going to have How about words. You? We're going to have real words. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I agree that the, the open wasn't great it the, the the other one was worse the other new yorker character one was worse this one was just yeah, my so, note so. for this one was at least it was I, short. I think that i i want to give best to progress in food as well just because it is the most recognizable and the most distinctly kids in the hall of them all mm -hmm. like no, no one else really makes fun of of basically their own mother's like bland taste in cooking <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so congratulations for dragging your mom's uh Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i will give that uh four no habla espanols out of five four uh ketchup mayos out of the condiment world I, I think that's it for our episode six review, though. Yeah. So join us next week for episode seven, which will be hosted by Hines. In the meantime, you can find us at on Twitter at KithIntelPod. Uh, weigh in on your favorite sketch and enjoy some delightful gifts. Thank you for listening to Kith and Tell. Bye! Bye! Bye. I swear, I swear to God, Helen, shut your face.